system yes okay yes we're recording and, we and, and you know what we're recording james you're gonna have to tell me we're recording episode seven of pods in the key i thought you're gonna finish it of springfield oh of springfield yeah that's okay <laughs> um sweet so we're looking at today the last two episodes in season one I season believe. one of the simpsons yep crusto gets busto which i've written as crusty busty yep crust busty crusty crusty gets busto it's the uh the oj simpson trial well before the oj simpson trial actually happened is it the oj simpson trial wait is well, the shoe a metaphor for a glove is that what you're saying i mean it makes sense doesn't it if the shoe doesn't fit you must acquit yeah yeah sure sweet yeah if the foot is too small the other clown did it paul Paul was the judge in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, not the jury, so not so not the finder of fact, but the the judge. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting phrase. I've not heard that before, to be honest. For a start, Paul is dead. I think we're all in agreement on that. That's For a true. second, uh, I need to know what age we're pitching this at. Do you mean small S M A L L, or do you mean S M O L, like a paparino or a doggo? I small. I don't much care for any of that. So, is this is this if the shoe is small AF, you must acquit uh, AF, fam, fam. Yeah, I got you, fam. So in this episode, Crusto gets busted. I'm gonna have to run all of that through Bing Translate to understand what I just said. <laughs> is Bing Translate the translation service you've been using? <laughs> Yeah, whenever people say Google stuff, I always say that I'll bing it instead. Man, you were at the cutting edge. Uh, I used to hotbot it, but I don't think... Hey, I'm going to see if hotbot exists. At the start of this episode, I've got a little... I've got a query here about something that happens right at the start. They're sure, watching, I'm into it. They're watching uh, Crusto the Clown. Yep. And uh, he asks, whom do you love? And they say, uh, you. And, oh, uh, yes, you. It goes on like this for a little bit. And then Crusto, Krusty, he says, uh, what would you do if we ever went off the air? And the kids yell out, pre-rehearsed, we'd kill ourselves. Yeah. So I want to think about that a bit, because Krusty goes off the air in this one. Do you know, in October 2016, someone bought Hotbot for a hundred, Hotbot.com for $155,000. What is Hotbot? What are you talking about right now? Do you not remember Hotbot? That was one of the... So, back in the early days of the internet, like 96, 97, 98-ish, there were a couple of search engines. There was like AltaVista, there was Lycos, there was Hotbot Yahoo. was one of them. Yeah, Yahoo was one of them. Uh, that was one of the more serious ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah Yahoo series. Yep, okay. thanks. Yep. Uh, I literally no, paused. I, I know both of those words, but I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and... Um, uh, Hotbot. Hotbot was a, an early search engine. And someone in 2016 thought it was worth $155,000. I'll tell you what, they're wrong. I feel like they probably sold at the wrong time, though. It, you know, if they'd sold... I don't know, I've never heard of this website, but I'm assuming it must oh. have been popular at some point because you seem to know what it is. Oh, popular's a strong word. Anyway, the point I'm getting at here sorry. is... Sorry, sorry, sorry. 
do you think the kids kill themselves in the rest of the series as a dream? Oh, what? All of the kids? Well, at least two of them. But and Lisa. I mean, they pledge their lives in service of this clown. That's a good point. And Bart, Bart and Lisa pledge it while in their living room. They pledge it at a screen. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that shows, if anything, a higher level of allegiance than if you'd pledged it in the studio. I, I can understand being in the studio audience, yeah. getting swept up in all the other kids. Yeah, sure. Saying they're going to kill themselves. Yeah. Doing the salute with the arm in the air. Yeah, it's like if you pray at church, whatever, you pray at home. Holy shit. Only rarely do I pray at my television. Yeah. I mean, mostly, um, what do you pray at? My television. Yeah, but what what's on the television? When what's you're... on the television? Yeah. Well. Like John Oliver or... Who? Or, um, who's that guy who defrauded all those people by pretending he'd speak to their dead relatives? John Edwards. John Edwards, yeah. John yeah, Oliver's no. a completely different person. I... <laughs> <laughs> John Oliver getting caught in the crossfire on Pods <laughs> in the Key of Springfield. Um, ooh, uh, yes, I, um, no, John Edwards, I've never watched an episode of John Edwards. And did if he have I did, a TV show? Is that if what I he did? did? Yeah, he, it was called Crossing Over. Um, and it was an amazing thing where, from what I understand, mm. everyone had to sign confidentiality agreements, but some people have broken those. Uh, they had to fill out a questionnaire on the way in. And then, do you reckon the information that he was pulling was based mostly on was on the questionnaire? Oh, well, I, mean, I would not disrespect the good word of uh, John Edwards and his uh, his obvious ability to speak to ghouls. Do you mean... I'm just going to put that through Bing Translate. Do you mean his wildly fraudulent, shambolic shit show? I mean, didn't they also, they send people out into the crowd before the show has gone on to... Yeah, yeah, to... Secret, to like, like have a little chat to people and yeah. just figure out what their deal is. Oh, I really hope I get in touch with my Aunt Mary. He's up there, he's like, oh, somebody, somebody's got a Martha close to them and both Batman and Superman get really worked up in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> you know what TV show that I do really that's like, a reference, though? That's a reference to a movie. Yeah. You know a show I really like? Ricky Lake? That too, but I'm mostly thinking about The Simpsons, which I think is still the focus of uh, whichever podcast it is we're recording right now. Yeah. This is episode 12 of Pods in the Key of Ricky Lake. Yes. Key, top of the lake, the Ricky Lake. So in this episode, (laughs) Crusto, he gets gets framed for a crime he very, very clearly did not commit. Yeah. And I want to I want to talk about your law background a bit in this episode, I sure. think, because it seems like a your intricate knowledge of the law could maybe help to explain why this obviously wrong-headed case is uh, problematic. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, being someone who has a background in law, I need to point out that any advice I give here is just general, and also that the uh, the Simpsons are in a different jurisdiction to me. But <laughs> but but I'll apply the knowledge that I have, and we can we can have some. I mean, fun's a strong word, but we can have some discussions. <laughs> yeah, we can tolerate each other for a while. <laughs> so, um, in this episode, of course, Sideshow Bob, he frames Krusty, Krusty uh, goes off the air, the children kill themselves, the rest of the episode is probably a dream, but uh, if we take it on its literal face value, the children team up, they go and solve the crime, they figure out that it was uh, Kelsey Grammer who did it, he's yep. not allowed... Back to the bar from Cheers anymore? No, he's not. He's um he loses his job as a radiotherapist, and things carry on more or less. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I struck because I, I've never watched any programs. <laughs> any I television. Yeah. That. I didn't know it was, was the radio therapist. Is that news radio? Was that a reference to news radio? Was it's Kelsey Fra- Grammer? It's Frasier. Was Kelsey Grammer in news radio? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, that was Phil Hartman that was in news yeah, radio. Yeah, no. He, um, you know, he heard the blues are calling, tossed salad, scrambled eggs. Was that the one with David? He seemed a bit confused. Maybe he had you, babe, etc. Let's, uh. Was that Frasier? Yes. Right. Which one had David Spade? That was Just Shoot Me. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Very different show. Very different show. Did you ever watch Caroline in the City? <laughs> no. Okay, cool. Just checking. What about Babe, Pig in the City? Uh, yeah, no, directed by Mad Max's George Miller. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that weird? God, we're covering a lot of ground tonight. Yeah, we really are. So, yeah. did you notice how sassy our poo was in this episode? Yeah, um... Oddly sassy because when he's being held up, he very clearly says, "Yes, yes, yes." I, I'm I'm not doing the accent, but yeah. uh, you know, yet I'm familiar with the process of of an armed hold up, uh, which is just like, I mean, what a way to put someone back in their place. Because you'd think, I mean, look, I've never held up anywhere with a gun, right? Not yet. That's an awkward thing for you to say. Yeah. Um, but I've never held up anywhere with a gun. Because we have such tight gun control laws here in Australia, of course. We've done a pretty good job with our gun control laws. Mm, Yeah. Remember the amnesty? What a time. Um, Oh. Oh, I remember the amnesty. Oh, the amnesty. Oh, this is an insular little thing we're about to do here. I got all the guns out of my cupboard and I took them down to the the gun place. I don't know Oh, but I kept the bullets. I did. Oh, well, that's that's, that's an offense. Um, So, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I didn't actually keep any bullets, just for anyone listening. You know, you're my you're my lawyer in this case. I you think, can back me up. I th- well, technically, if I'm your lawyer, that means that I have a duty of confidentiality, which means I can never release this episode. <laughs> well, you're not really my lawyer, though. There's been no. I gave you three dollars earlier, but that was for chips. So. And also, wasn't that voice Dave Callan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think that joke's even worth explaining. No, it's not. Sometimes we pretend we're both Dave Callan. Okay, carry on. <laughs> yeah. Sounds so stupid when you say it like that. Dave Kellen's an Australian comedian that uh, follows me on Twitter. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. So, like I said, never held up anywhere with a gun. Mm. But I imagine if you do, it's probably a special occasion for you. No, I would assume so. I imagine that you're quite, you know, stressed, excited, whatever it is. Whatever that emotion is, you're riding it high. Yeah. You're riding it like the last healthy horse out of a war-torn village. And then for Apu to go, yeah, look, it's not my first rodeo. It's not the first healthy horse out of a war-torn village I've seen. Uh, I, ma- I imagine that's that's da- that's disheartening, you know? There was a video that came out the other day of a man robbing some sort of fast food place. And the guy being robbed just very clearly did not give a shit about anything that was happening. Mm. He had a gun in his face. He was very calm. He looked bored, frankly. This is uh maybe this is just what happens if you work in a uh in a service job like that for long enough you become so desensitized to the violence the violence of your everyday life. I mean it's even in the breakfast cereals, man. Something something that really struck me while watching this episode. I've got to say I think this is a pretty strong episode, season one. Probably the second best episode in season one. Busty Krusty's really good. Certainly the funniest episode of season one, I think. I was laughing a lot more than I expected. That's true. That's true. One thing that I was thinking about while watching this episode that I'd sort of uh, 
maybe forgotten they did a lot of in the early episodes is it's really fun when Bud and Lisa team up to solve something on this show. Yeah. Like, that hasn't happened on the show in a very long time, and that's a really enjoyable, fun little thing that used to happen. It is. And, but also, from what Bart says in the, when the, uh, I know I'm skipping ahead here, but when he uh, goes on to Sideshow Bob's show, specifically Sideshow Bob's Cavalcade of Whimsy, yes. yes. And specifically the segment called Choices, uh, Bart says he teamed up with his sisters. Yes, so, my sisters and I have done some digging. He says something like that. I want to know what role Maggie played in all of this. Oh, what role she played. See, I, my entire thought was this. Oh, that's a lovely, sweet little moment. But you think she was involved. I think in she was involved. Heavier... I think I think Maggie's got skills of which we are not aware. I mean, we do find out in the next episode she is integral to uh, killing that babysitter bandit, which I think is what happens. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, you know, eventually she shoots and kills Mr. Burns, if I'm remembering properly. I, I think you are. And, uh, you know, she befriended a bunch of bears. There's something going on here, definitely. So what part do you think she yeah. played in the uh, the eventual unmasking of the villainous Bob? Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay a theory out because Maggie's... What, did they ever say, is Maggie 18 months old or two? Like, No, she, she must be younger than 18 months. Yeah, I think, well, they celebrate her first birthday in season five, I believe. All right, sweet. So we'll say she's... It's not McGaggy's birthday, as you'll recall. She's... Un- correct. Yeah. She's under the age of one. Yeah. Uh, most uh, entities who are under the age of one are, let's be honest, pretty useless. Maggie appears to have lots of skills and, sure. and lots of intuition. We see this in the early episodes, in the early seasons. Do you think that perhaps Maggie's being somehow controlled by Dr. Colossus? Yeah, I've been waiting for you to bring this up because it seems like a very strong possibility. And I'd, um, I was struggling to come up with some sort of Colossus link in this episode, but now that you say this, I think that Maggie might be a robot baby under the control of Dr. Colossus. Holy fucking shit. I know, we're through the looking glass here, people. What about that little baby with the one eyebrow? Is that a... No, that's a satellite. That's, but... a, that's a communication satellite, I've just decided... But a colossus. Um, what am I thinking of here? What's the um? I'm unsure. What's a what's a creature with one eye? Like a cyclops. Name. Cyclops. Okay, cyclops. Okay, not okay, cyclops and colossus are different words. <laughs> these these little quiet asides tend not to work when they involve corrections. <laughs> anyway, fuck. Uh, no. So obviously, cyclops is the. <laughs> Colossus is the yeah, one. Yeah, Doctor Cyclops. Yeah, Doctor Cyclops. The one eyebrowed baby. Yeah, exactly. Connected. He's the one behind all of this, um, and uh, in many ways, it's just another example in in Doctor Colossus's ongoing, relentless struggle against B side character actors. Yeah, well, That's what uh, Sideshow Bob is, in my opinion. And we're still several episodes from this all coming to a head when Colossus, you know, sort of takes over behind the scenes, but. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that eventually. I, I can't wait to see that to see that all play out before our very eyes and before the listeners' ears. Yeah, well, uh, we got some we got some rough roads ahead. I think. Yeah, some rough colossusy roads. Kelsey Graham is really fucking good in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 
Is this? And I feel like every time we do a, an episode review, I'm always asking if this was the first of something, and <laughs> inevitably you tell me it's not. But I have a super short memory. Is this the first celebrity guest? First celebrity guest. Ooh. God, I wish I did research before these episodes. I feel like nobody really stands out on the other episodes in my head. I guess I could flick through my my notes here, but I've taken so fucking many of them. Mm, that, you uh, flick through your notes, I'll flick through the internet. I don't know, what are we defining as a celebrity here? Uh, well... Is somebody who's not part of the cast who is recognisable to some degree? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say yes. Fuck it, why not? I'm the. It's my podcast, I'll say what I want. I think, uh... Yes, this is the first and uh, the most important celebrity guest they ever had. So, yes. Arguably the most important. Yeah, it's uh, him or uh, J.K. Rowling in season 45, or whichever one she pops up in. Okay, hang on. I'm looking at a list. Yeah. Uh, so, season one has a few people described as guest stars, but, I mean... I mean, do you do you know who Sam McMurray is? Sam McMurray, Ron Taylor. I feel like Sam McMurray is like the local butcher. Albert Brooks is a name I recognise. Yeah, sure, he pops up here and there. Yeah, June Foray. June Foray. Okay. Kelsey Grammer is the only standout in season one, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Okay, well, he's the celebrity then, and then second season is Dustin Hoffman. But right now, it is. Do you mean Dustin Martin from uh from the Richmond Tigers? They clearly Football don't. Team? Oh, okay. Sideshow Bob's Cavalcade of Whimsy, which is the show that he puts on after he frames Krusty and Krusty's in jail, and yep. uh, you know Krusty joins a prison gang and gets all the tattoos and everything that's off screen. Yep, yep, but uh, yep. teardrops under the eyes, yeah, yeah. Sideshow Bob's Cavalcade of Whimsy seems like a pretty good show to me. Yeah, to be honest, it's. I mean, I think it's using its budget better than Krusty's show was. <laughs> yeah, because you and I had a bit of a chat in the when Krusty was doing his thing. Man, it's a wasteful show as far as the budget's concerned. How much gunpowder do you need for a cannon gag? What is their gunpowder budget? Most shows, I think, would probably just... Uh, How much does gunpowder cost? I don't know. I live in Australia, man. We don't really think oh, yeah, about that sorry. sort of thing, you know? It's, I keep uh, forgetting where I live. But yeah, Soja Bob's Cavalcade of Whimsy seemed pretty fucking progressive. Yeah, totally. It was actually is taking children and then, like, dealing with the complex feelings they experience. Yeah. I think I think we need more of uh, the cavalcade of whimsy. Well, as Krusty's just showing a cat get lit on fire, you know. Uh, yeah, doesn't sound very good. I mean, the itchy and scratchy, you know, that's oh, destroying yeah, a whole yeah. generation of uh, a whole generation of children. Hey, we turned out fine. I mean, those kids kill themselves when Krusty goes off the air. That's that, not healthy. That is true. That's that's awful. Should we have a moment of silence for all the kids? I don't really think it works in an audio medium, to be honest. All right, fair enough. I really enjoy it. Uh, there's a lot of good animation touches in this episode, like yes, Homer please. leaping into the stand of chips. Very, very good leap. Yeah, which makes no sense at all, but no. it's fine. There's uh, Krusty having the heart attack. Yes. Is fucking great. His, very uh, early Chuck Jones, Warner Brothers, Looney tunes feel to that one, I think. Yeah, he turns into one of the heads from Easter Island for a moment there, I think. Ooh, nice reference. Good. Good pickup. Good little Easter Reminds Island me about our earlier talks about where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Did we ever? Did we ever find out where Carmen San Diego was? I told you she's she's in a different place every time we play the game. You need to follow the clues to, to find out where she is. Uh, what else is there to say about uh, Crusto against Busto? 
Well, there's my favorite part where, oh, hang on, actually, I've got an idea. So, you know how, so, well, so well, we haven't actually looked at my law background at all and the way it fits in with this. <laughs> no, that's true. We so, really should take advantage of that. So, the when thing I get I, to the fucking video game journalist episode, I can really. Yeah. yeah. Deep. Bone storm. So, the thing that I, uh, so, criminal stuff has to be proven beyond all reasonable doubt, right? Yeah. Which means if there's any lingering question marks, the case has to get thrown out. Generally speaking, uh, at the time something appears in court, which, by the way, they brought that trial on ridiculously quickly. Mm. If you want a trial in the District Court of South Australia... At the time that this episode is being recorded in 2017, your trial is being booked about a year in advance. And even then, when you get to the day that you've been booked on, your trial might not go ahead because there might be other trials that haven't finished yet. Yeah. So, long. Whereas Springfield, super efficient, well-funded court system, they brought that trial along within a day. Like, that's solid. You know? There must be no other crimes happening in Springfield. There must be no other crimes, apart from the El Bato. It becomes a um, huge thing. They've got like a the video camera inside the Quickie Mart can record sound as well. That seems very unusual to me. Record sound better than our podcast. Yeah, very high quality <laughs> video, but for still black in, and white. Which yeah, is, for, pretty good for a camera in nineteen ninety. Help me out. Nineteen eighty nine, I think. Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, same year as that Taylor Swift album was released. If I understand things correctly. Yeah, that one where she shook it around and did the off yeah yeah is that the one check it off yeah where the haters gonna hate 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 and i forget the last line uh hate oh okay yes yeah um yeah and so uh to be honest i'm surprised that the that the springfield prosecution unit uh adjudicated that file as worthy of going ahead because there are Lots and lots and lots of holes. In it. Oh, enormous holes. It's very enormous clear that Krusty holes. didn't commit this crime. I mean, fucking an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old and a sub-one-year-old yeah. did most of the investigations and got it all thrown out. And all this stuff about, you know, he's reading the reading the review of books. It's like, uh, you know, I had that saying, if he's reading the review of books, you need to take another look. And you know what? What else I don't understand? Yeah. So the trial concluded, right? Yep. Before Bart and Lisa went on Sideshow Bob's TV show. Yep. Does Krusty not know the size of his own feet? Because <laughs> if you think about it, the biggest loophole, and yep. actually I've got an idea. Hang on, I'm going to take the mic out of the stand. Uh, the biggest loophole, and I'm sure this will be familiar to anyone who knows The Simpsons, is the part where um, Sideshow Bob is talking to Bart and starts talking about the big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Nick. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Probably enough of that. Um. Hey, Nick. Did you notice that uh, Krusty's feet were too small for the shoes? Yeah. Yeah. But why didn't Krusty notice that? Why didn't his defense team notice that? Because he's illiterate. Oh. Ties together, he can't read. So he looks at his shoes and says, I don't recognize these shapes. (laughs) I don't know what size this is. Um, Yeah, because that's the other thing. Illiteracy and... Look, apologies if this is a a non-woke opinion. Oh, shit. Okay. Illiteracy and not being able to recognize symbols are different things. 
Okay. Yeah, like sure. I, I would have thought that that someone like Krusty's what like a hundred and twelve. Give or take. Sure. Even if you can't read words, shh, like, do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like he should be able to recognize a letter B, even if he can't then use that B in a word. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Or 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 let's take it from the other point of view. Should the court instead of using you know, letters and things like that. Should they actually use a picture of a bee? Should they use a picture of a bee? For exhibit B. Do bees exist in this universe? Yeah. yeah eventually they take over the whole sugar pile. That's a, yeah, okay. Yep. So and it doesn't the, make sense then. And, yep, 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 be, bees do exist. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then for exhibit C, they could have a little picture of of, of the, the ocean. Or just somebody seeing. What, just eyes? Yeah, why not? No, because that's for exhibit I, you idiot. And then for exhibit A, just like a piece of fruit. Well, I was thinking Fonzie. A. A. I get it. Okay. Thanks. Come on, quiz me with more letters. All right, Q. Uh, uh, a, a snooker stick. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm glad you came <laughs> around on that one. All right. Well, what about V? Uh, oh, your friend who's the best person in the world. This is a very insular joke that I have a friend whose nickname is V. Hey, V. What about, um, oh, here's one you're not going to get. What about P? Anyway, the, uh, what else happens in this episode? The. Krusty is eventually released from his. The vegetable? Uh, from his prison. What? You can have the vegetable. Yeah, I guess so. Like one single solitary P. Yeah, have a little, little green circle. What, are you talking about urine? I, I don't know, are, you, are we? Should I see a doctor? About what? My little green circle. Nick, what's, <laughs> Nick, what's been happening? Oh, look, I'll, I'll talk about that with my doctor. Okay, well, um, you know, I nearly completed a PhD. You can talk to me if you want. Oh, a, a PhD. Yeah, so yeah. often on the P card they have a picture of me. Urine. But then does it cross through me because I didn't finish it? Urine in, in 1920 by 1080. We're going down a path here that I'm not enjoying. <laughs> so, so let's bring it back around. At the end, there's a scene where uh, they, they take all of their crusty merchandise and they burn it. And then at the end, Bud's room is full. Chockers. Yeah, absolutely full of crusty merchandise again. So we had a bit Shockers. of a conversation about this. About whether this was given to him for free for, you know, saving Krusty from a lifetime in prison for this one minor robbery he committed or Unlikely. whether or um whether they had to go out and buy all this stuff again after yeah, buying it. I have a feeling that Homer and Marge have no money left. Because all I the mean, stuff they, all Marge the stuff comes off as a fucking idiot in this episode as well. She calls Homer she calls uh Krusty an evil genius for Yeah. Robbing the Quickie Mart. And getting caught though. Yeah. That's like, sorry, you can't be an evil genius if you got caught in the no. in a very simple way. And if you went in the clown makeup you regularly wear on the nationally syndicated TV show that you star in. Yeah. This whole case is very... National? I don't care. This, oh. whole, this whole... This whole case is very, uh... Very whiffy. It whiffs, frankly. I've written several letters of complaint to, um... Sam Simon. Yeah? And he... I don't want to make any dark jokes here, but I suppose he hasn't responded recently. What is he, is he dead? 
Yes. Oh, fuck. I wasn't aware. Big Simpsons fan. So the other episode. <laughs> the other episode was is called Some Enchanted Evening. Now, and did was you, it ever? Did you know that there is an album by Art Garfunkel called Some Enchanted Evening? I did, actually, because you brought it up during the recording. I did, and I'm literally going to bring it up now by throwing it up onto the TV. That's the cover art for Some Enchanted Evening by Art Garfunkel. Okay, he kind of looks like a... He looks like a desiccated version of a man. <laughs> of a man, just generally. <laughs> See, like Ed Begley Jr., but yeah, you're right, he does. I don't know who that is. He does kind of look like a man who's just gotten home after a long night out and forgot about the photo shoot. <laughs> oh, crap, the photo shoot. <laughs> but um, from what I can tell, this episode has uh, little or nothing to do with the album of the same name that came out much later. Um, so the first note that I've made about this episode, and I checked this with the internet, so I know I'm right. I did a bit of the old hotbot searching, sure. and I know that this features the first phone gag in The Simpsons, the first phone prank. Yeah, there's two of them in there. There's two. Which makes me think that someone came up with the idea and someone else in the writing room said, you bloody ripper, let's crack in a second one. I got a question about that. Sure. Various points in the episode, Homer rings, uh, not Homer, little Bart, little Barty boy, he little rings Bart. up uh, little, little Mo. Little Bart. He rings up little Mo. He's got, um, he's looking for some people. He's looking for alcoholic mm-hmm. and he's looking for Oliver Closeoff. Mm, mm, mm. Who are these people and why is Bart looking for them? Well, this brings up an interesting point. Yeah. Because you know who we haven't seen since episode one? Norm. Norm. Do you think Al and Oliver, do you think they know where Norm is? I think um, probably what happened is they went looking for Norm and they haven't been heard from since. Mm, I'm noticing, have you noticed that Norm is becoming akin to the Bermuda Triangle? I I have been thinking something along those lines, yes. Because I feel like not only has Norm disappeared, but all those who go searching for him have also yeah. disappeared. All those who uh, deviate from the norm mm. in their search. Mm. 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 That's what we did there. Yeah. Also, can I just point out, if you're Mr. and Mrs. Kaholic, yep. don't call your son Al. Like Stephen King named his son Joe. I mean, what was going on there? Is that really a thing? Yeah. He named his son Joe. Joe King, who now goes by the name Joe Hill. That's the worst thing Stephen King's ever written. And he's a fucking writer. Like, a fairly good one as well. Who's Stephen Uh, King? Yeah. And I've got some qualms about Stephen King, and this is probably the major one. Yeah, I'm... I wish you had never told me that, because, I mean, look, let's be honest, I've never read Stephen King, because I don't read. Yeah, I'm sure. I can recognize the letter B, but I don't read. And I feel um, like I, I looked into this enough at some point to clarify that I wasn't misunderstanding this somehow. Mm. Because, you know, he's, he's got a slightly different pen name, Joe Hill. But no, he was he was called Joseph when he was born. Joseph King, Joe King. <sighs> that's not great. That's not the best. That's not That's not good. And on the other hand, he's got another son. I don't know what that other son's name is, so I guess it's working for Joe. Oh, how are you going, fuckhead, King? 
Fuckhead King. Or maybe it's just fuck King. That's that you, would... Nick. You're fuck... the fuckhead king. <laughs> oh. Fuck ah. fuck King. Oh, I roasted him. <laughs> fuck King would have been a funnier joke. <laughs> come here, would little Come here, little fuck. Oh sorry, his name is Fuck King. I don't know. I don't know. That's barely even a joke, I think. Oh, and Joe King is such a wonderful, sparkling piece of wit. <laughs> it wasn't a joke, though. Isn't it? It's an actual person's name. No, but isn't it a joke? Aren't we all laughing at it? Isn't that what Stephen King wants? Homer and Mudge fuck in this episode. I, I really that like guy. that. Yeah, no, they get, they get, they go, um, how shall I put this delicately? They go right to the bone zone. I really. I think that's one of the great things about The Simpsons is the fact that Homer and Marge, like, from the beginning, are very clearly fucking fairly regularly. I feel like I brought this up in a previous episode, mm, mm, mm. but I really think it's great. The thing is, what I want to now do, though, when when you mention this, what I want to now do is go back and watch, I want to watch every episode of The Flintstones, yep. I want to watch every episode of Top Cat. Hey, Fred, it's me! Friend, what's what's the name of Fred's friend in the Flintstones? Oh, oh, Barney. Barney. <laughs> um, does Barney fuck Barney Gumble or Barney Rubble? Barney Rubble. Oh, is it their, their names are more familiar than I realize, uh, more simpler than I realize. Yeah. Um, I don't think Barney. Oh, oh, to be fair though, Betty's really cute. Yeah, Barney's. Barney and Betty have got to be getting it on. And Barney, well, More they've, than got, f- they've got kids, don't they? Yeah, Bam Bam and Pebbles. They're the Monstone Age family. No. Well, the neighbours of the Monstone yes. Age family. <laughs> yes. Wait, shit, I think I got that wrong. Bam Bam is Fred and Wilma's kid and Pebbles is Barney and Betty's kid. I don't think we're popular enough for anyone to correct us. <laughs> that's no, okay. that's, a good, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Did I the d- Jetsons have neighbours they were friends with? Neighbours? No, he worked for Mr. Spacely, but I don't yeah. think they had neighbours. <laughs> Imagine, like, in the future, somebody just being called Mr. Spacely. Mr. Spacely, <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Fucking hell. Just the idea of, you know, once we move into space, everyone would just have space names. Oh, Spacely. Jetson, Spacely, Uranus, Name of Planet. Spicy. Are there any planets in the Jetsons? Do they ever go to a planet or do they just fly around in space all the time? Holy shit, you've just changed my entire perspective on the Jetsons. Yeah? I always assumed... Oh my god. Wow. Okay, I always assumed... Alright, I'm putting the Simpsons notebook down. Fuck the Simpsons podcast. Let's get into the Jetsons. Alright. I always assumed that they were in Earth's atmosphere... But that Earth had got too crowded, and so they moved up, and so that everything was floating in a fixed orbit around Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> the reason I assumed that is they are called the Jetsons. I assumed they were relying on jet engines, and jet <laughs> engines require an I love atmosphere that you have to work. Such a complex understanding of a show you watched, I assume, as a child. <laughs> yes. But the you sat I, down and reasoned this out. The idea that you have just given me that they are, in fact, not in Earth's atmosphere, but they're just in their own bloody interstellar, not the movie, but the space between star systems, like, conglomeration of habitats. That's a phenomenal idea to me. Okay. 
And yet they did a crossover episode with the Flintstones, which makes me think they're still tied to Earth somehow. What I always enjoyed about that show is how incredibly lousy the theme song was. <laughs> Literally just the Jensen. names of the family members. <laughs> Meet George Jensen, his boy Elroy, daughter Judy, Jane, Jane his, wife. his wife. That's the entire song. <laughs> but I like how perkily they say Jane, his wife. Jane, his wife, his wife. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Daughter Judy. And it's just like everyone keeps stealing money from him. Yeah. And like Rosie was, was I reckon, a pretty clear... Um, uh, Rosie was pretty analogous to uh, Alice from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just like the the, the wisecracking maid. She was dating that butcher robot. <laughs> Sam. Sam the butcher <laughs> robot. Yeah, Sam 2.0. It's just it's weird... Like, the whole setup for that show has nothing to do with the future at all. It's just, uh, here's this, this everyman and his family disrespects him. Yeah. Also, they're in space, I guess. Also, they're in space. And he works for a company that makes sprockets. <laughs> Spacely sprockets. Now, uh, The look. Flintstones is all about, you know, they're the modern Stone Age family. That's the whole conceit of the show. Were there any animals in the Jetsons that had jobs that were based on their attributes? It's a living! It's a living. <laughs> I've never really watched the Flintstones, but I remember that. That's my favourite part oh, of the show. We should watch the Flintstones. Just the animals repeatedly saying, It's a living! And it was always, like, the one that always got me in the Flintstones was you'd get, like, the shower would be an elephant that would take a trunk full of water and spray it on you. I feel like trunk water is not cleaner than the the way in which I already exist. Well, I guess they just didn't have do showers. Elephants, they do had elephants to... get snotty noses? Do elephants get snotty noses? I know they, they like... poop like champions. <laughs> I would imagine a lot of snot built up. Yeah. Interesting. Like snotty trunks. trunks. Yeah. I've they never tru- thought about... I've I think never... they got trunk gut. Uh, they... Trunk gunk. Trunk gunk. Yeah, a lot of... What you gonna do of... with all that gunk? All that gunk up in my trunk. I'm gonna get, get you drunk, get you love drunk off my gunk. My gunk. My lovely lady gunk. Trunk. Fuck. Yeah. It's, um... I think that's what's happening, man. We're just spraying <laughs> gunk all over everyone. Oh, God. You made that sound weird. <laughs> and so, you didn't? No, I nailed it. Um, <clears throat> so, then, um... So... Interesting thing that I picked up, when Homer goes to, well, when Homer and Marge go to the fancy restaurant, and Homer's picking a live lobster out of the tank, and then he says, oh, I'll take that one, and the guy says, oh, no, you shouldn't take that one, because it's floating upside down, which means it's dead, which means it ruins the point of getting a live lobster. Yeah. Remove the fucking dead lobster from the tank, you idiot. How long had that lobster been dead for? Look, I'm going to go out on a limb. well dead. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, years. Years? Hygiene risk, if nothing else. Maybe that lobster just serves as a grim portent for the other lobsters. Portent? Yeah. So they know what's happening. They uh, There's no illusions for these lobsters. They know their lives are over. And maybe that, uh, maybe a certain flavor bakes into them mm. from that knowledge. Mmm. 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 Mm, the flavor of dread. I want to talk Por- about the... Is, uh... is, is portent, is that like people that were going to the fire festival were expecting a rich tent, but they got a portent? <laughs> Is that what you mean? By the time this airs, I feel like the Fire Festival will have been long behind us. But mate, yes, the uh, mate, let us never forget the Fire Festival. Let's uh, let's go and be fucking. Did you read that whole thing about like uh, they had that meeting? 
I very much doubt I read the whole thing. There was a meeting where they realized, uh, like a lot of the people in the meeting realized they had to postpone for a year. It wasn't going to happen. And some some guy in the meeting, some young kid just said, no, nah, man, let's just fucking do it and be heroes. And that's what they tried to do. Let's do it and be heroes. Yep. Did he start singing a... that Hunters and Collectors song? Which one? We're going to be heroes just for one day. That's not Hunters and Collectors. The timeline of this episode makes no sense at all to me. Yes. We start at the beginning. We see the whole family is at home. Uh, the kids run out the door, stealing Marge's money. Homer runs out. Marge turns on the radio. Immediately, she hears about this uh, radio therapist, Dr. Marvin Monroe, making his return appearance. Yep. And she rings up. She gets through. She's put on. This seems like it would take maybe five minutes. In that time, Homer has gotten to work and started performing his job. It seems yep. like on his end, maybe 90 minutes has passed. But uh, yeah. I don't know what was happening. Was Marge just on the phone the whole time? Anyway. Can Homer... I also point out, It's I find it really interesting that when... Marvin Monroe is introduced as the... Dr. Marvin Monroe. Dr. Marvin Monroe. Yep. When he's introduced as a radiotherapist, there is no recognition from Marge of, no. oh, that's the guy that we did the family therapy thing with. And it failed and he gave us like triple our money back. Yeah. There's none of that. A, a little bit of realization would have been nice. So but anyway, I guess Marge is too stressed to have a memory. Yeah, she's got that one hair poking out of a beehive. The one the little stress. The one little suspension spring of hair. Yeah. Yeah. So Homer Homer hears this on the radio, he realizes up, oh, Marge is gonna leave me, that's a shame. So after work at I don't know, it must be about five thirty, he goes to Moe's and Moe's like, Oh, you gotta fucking go home and be a good husband, do all this stuff. He Buy uh, some flowers. He goes to the florist, weird little scene there, he buys one oh. flower. That looked like it was extracted from a completely different TV show. It sure if, did. if you said to me, hey, Nick, that Flora scene is a B-roll offcut of a special crossover between Top Cat and the Jetsons, <laughs> I would have been like, fuck, is that where it came from? And it was very clearly just like one of the producers doing the voice line as well. It was not an actor. No, okay, what kind of flowers do you want? So he gets, he gets home and you can see a clock in the background. It's like after seven. Yeah. He's getting yeah. home and yeah. he... He tells Marge, I've made all these plans. We're going to go out for dinner. He he gets the babysitter. They both get ready to go out for dinner. By the time they get to the restaurant, it must be nine o'clock at the earliest. At the earliest. Homer proceeds to order a fresh lobster. That takes yep. time. It, yes. That yep. takes a bit of time to cook. Bit of time. Yep. So they then they get to the ramp, the off-ramp inn, which is established fairly far away. Yep. They go there. They and and he misses the exit and it's thirty four miles away. Yeah, so. they have what seems like very satisfying sex. Yes, they get which in my experience again. takes a matter of seconds. Yep, absolutely. If you're lucky, then they they get dressed again because yep. they're lying on the bed in their clothes. By now, it must be like four a.m. <laughs> Easily. Whereas back in the house, I don't know. The kids are told that they were allowed to stay up for an extra hour when they're leaving. It's uh the time frame is just. It doesn't make sense. None of this none of this makes any sense at all, and I'm frankly enraged. Do you think my favorite theory of the um, alternate but parallel universes might come into play here? Do you think that at the time that Homer selected the lobster that turned out to be dead, mm. do you think maybe the the pure rotten infestation of that dead lobster that's been there for, as we've discussed before, decades, decades if not centuries, yep. 
uh, triggered some kind of noxious gas, maybe knocked Homer out. Different timelines, universes separated. Uh, I have a feeling that that Lucille Butzkowski. Yep. I mean, yes, you had an voice, interesting theory about Butzkowski. Voice sounds very similar to a young Edna Krabappel. Now, this is yep. the second time travel theory I've had with Edna Krabappel. Yep. Uh, I believe in episode two there was Mrs. Uh, Milor. Milor. Mrs. Milor. Uh, the. The the spe- the the teacher in the gifted school, that was yep. a young, enthusiastic Edna Krabappel. Yes, that's right. You remember that? Yeah. I have a feeling that one of the reasons why this Edna Krabappel dressed as Bukowski, Butts, K- K- whatever it is. Butts, yeah. Butts. Um, one of the reasons that she is so hell-bent on being the babysitter bandit is this is a Krabappel who has already been damaged by decades of having Bart in her class. Yeah, because she is fucking wrecked. She does not like kids, and she is a wrecked person. And so, I think maybe even, possibly, possibly with the help of Dr. Colossus, set up up a scheme where she would become a babysitter and get called into the Samson's house so that she could kill Bort Samson. I mean, that would certainly explain how she is allowed to operate as a babysitter while also being a wanted criminal. It does seem extreme. Who is so so notorious that she is featuring on a television show dedicated to catching criminals. And not only that, she didn't even do the standard... So, look... As consumers of content... Yes, as which I am and you're not. I was about to say, I can't believe I'm including myself in that. That is fucking rich of me. Yeah. But we understand the basic premise that if someone puts on a pair of reading glasses, they are indistinguishable from their reading glassless character. Yeah, sure. Every hot girl in every movie starts off as a nerd wearing glasses. She takes the glasses off. Everyone finds out she's hot. Clark Kent, Superman, yeah. it's, it's glasses. You know, I find her hot when she's wearing the glasses because I have character and am woke. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with Jekyll, his number is 04... No. Um, I don't actually know your number. I had to pick up my phone to start looking it up and then realize I didn't need it for the joke. It's in an age. It does. Yeah. Um, I just confirmed... But uh, but she's not even wearing glasses. She does nothing to hide her or mask her appearance. No, she's just bedraggled as fuck. So it looks like life is just beating her down. Yeah. And then until she's literally beaten down when she's murdered with a baseball bat. Yeah, they beat her. They hit her with a baseball bat in the head. In the head. That's a death blow. She collapses unconscious. You're not getting up from that easily. See, the thing is... You're at least a vegetable. There's no way you're driving out of there. I mean, Bart's a 10-year-old boy, Mm. but he was standing on stuff so that he he was swinging at the height of her head. Yep. I think a 10-year-old boy with a baseball bat, even a wooden one, is going to fuck you up. You've got that adrenaline pumping when this woman is trying to tie you up and your sisters and steal all your stuff. Maybe kill you. I mean, that's the subtext. It is the subtext. It would make a lot of sense for her to murder these children. Otherwise, she leaves witnesses. Yeah. You can't leave witnesses. And there's already a fucking trail of witnesses. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, she knows her days are numbered. She will be caught. Mm. I think she's in the right mindset to kill these kids. But they kill her first. 
or is maybe because before they smack her with the baseball bat, the kids get tied up and thrown on the couch. What if at that point? I'm listening. Yeah, I've got a bit of a theory here. Okay. What if at that point, when the when Bart and Lisa are tied up on the couch, yeah, um, maybe Bots takes one of the two suitcases that she's got. Yeah. Maybe one of those has like chloroform, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does something to to Bart and Lisa, which initially renders them unconscious. Sure. But then she keeps going, keeps going until they're both dead, and then the rest of it. Where they miraculously save the day is a dream. That would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? All the remaining seasons, dream. Yeah, I mean the um, how this episode concludes is a bit odd. They they tie her up. They run and find a payphone instead of just like going to the neighbor's house or something like that. And then yeah, Flanders is already established as being really helpful, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. And the conclusion of this episode, the absolute end of it is Homer realizing he's let the babysitter bandit go and then him and Marge are in bed and he mm-hmm. says, Lord help me, I'm just not that bright. And they're, uh, mm-hmm. they're lying in bed and Marge sort of tries to comfort him and it ends up being the resolution to something that was not a problem in the episode at all. Yeah. <laughs> just a Homer's completely sudden concern. unrelated scene about Homer worrying that he's not very smart. Yeah, I, I really don't know what was up with the ending of that. It makes... Like, I have a feeling that maybe the writing room had a better ending planned and realized that was going to take three times longer than no, they No, we can't had. show the children actually being killed. Oh, no. We can't give away our secret hand that the rest of this is all a dream. Yeah, well... And that really the main protagonist in this entire series is Dr. Colossus. As as we know, of course, because we have watched very closely as uh, Barge and Marge and Maggie and the others. Yes. I th- I I, yeah. I think that's a pretty valid summation of the characters in this in this in this TV show. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's season one. And season one. How did it feel? It felt good. I um <laughs> just remembered. I saw a play the other day that I was meant to talk about in this episode. Oh shit! I forgot about it entirely. Should I save that for the next one? Uh, do you want to do that in the the movie one? Yeah, you stick around for the next episode. I'll talk about a play I saw that will Fuck. no longer be accessible. Fuck, how's the forward sell? <laughs> stick around, guys. I'm going to talk about a play. Jesus Christ. The play was about The Simpsons. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't help. <laughs> it might. Or maybe. The entire po- oh, yeah, season one. Um, Season one was... About as strange as I remembered, I think. It's, it's pretty fucked. I mean, season one, you know, often when people talk about the golden age of The Simpsons. Season one they, doesn't get a mention. Yeah, <laughs> they say seasons like two or three onwards. And I've, I don't know, I, depending on how long it is since I've seen season one, sometimes I include it, sometimes I don't. Sure. Having just rewatched it, eh, I'm not yeah. going to include it in the golden age. This is the, no. this is the silver or maybe bronze age, I think. Yep, bronze. I'll, I'll say bronze. Yep. Uh, I mean, the thing that I find with season one is that, A, all the stories are bonkers and a lot of them feel kind of empty. Yeah. Like, they feel like they're missing a proper uh, storyline to them. Yeah. But also, the little things that, that, look, some of these we mentioned, some of these we glossed over, but, like, the geometry of the house is all, geometry? No, geography. The geography of the house is all out. 
everyone's skin color keeps changing mm. and i find those things more distracting than i should so i always find the the characters are wildly inconsistent in this se- in this yeah. season especially homer yeah totally. like the characteristics of who homer is change mm. on an episode by episode basis mm, 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 pretty substantially mm. there's a lot to like in here though like uh the least risk depressed episode is really fucking good the yeah, uh that's good the the fact that Homer and Marge have an actual marriage is yep. impressive. I think that's uh, uh, the fact know. that they introduce a character called Norman and then never check in with him again. I find that quite enigmatic. Yeah, and you just sort of see him in the background throughout the series scheming, scheming. Yep, the fact that they're setting up seasons before anything is revealed that there is a a force controlling the actions of most of these characters in the background, a colossal force, if you will. Fuck. Yeah, I know who you are talking about. Yeah. Dr. Coliseum. I was talking about Lenny, actually, but, uh... <laughs> Lenny does feature very briefly. Way to go, Homer! Way to go! We got Jacques and all that stuff. There's a... I don't know. Season 1 has its ups and downs. A lot of downs. Yeah, it's probably... I mean, probably realistically, our, our opinion on whether season one is good or not is kind of irrelevant at this point, like 40 years later. Yeah, I feel like The Simpsons are doing just fine without our opinion on season one. Yeah, I saw a clip from a recent episode the other day, and it was really tremendously bad. It was a, it was this whole scene where Mr. Burns goes to like a Yale, I think. He goes to Yale, and then there's... Just a lot of jokes about uh, like progressive students and how awful they are and oh. how bad it is to uh, care about things. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So this was good compared to that. Well, yeah. It had like a million views on YouTube and all these positive comments and oh. a lot of... Uh, anyway, anyway, the point is people oh. aren't great, but we're okay. Oh, the Simpsons fine. is fine. I'm looking forward to the next season, which is substantially better than mm. this one. Substantially. Yes. And um, we should do our little plug. So the next episode you're going to hear, we, we've decided to, at the end of every season, we're going to watch the Simpsons movie. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to come back to that and see what on earth that's like. So we're going to end up watching this movie repeatedly, which is I quite like the movie as far as I remember, so that should be okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, and now if you want to follow us on the Twitter, I've just spent 10 minutes looking up what my flipping twitter handle is, is and it Nick is Ibis? Ke- no key springfield is oh the, um, that one. Oh uh, yeah I, I meant the pods hey we've got the artwork now yeah is this the first one since we've had the artwork uh yeah i think the i first mentioned one, it last time but uh, yeah we've marigold bartlett did our aunt ghost town goldie on twitter i follow marigold i enjoy her stuff well there we go yeah maybe i'll make a tweet right now to uh i think we have two followers at the moment because we haven't put anything out at the yes Time of oh, we've got four followers. When did that happen? It's unimportant. Anyway, yeah, okay. Uh, this has been pods in the key of Springfield. I admit I have some mighty big shoes to fill. 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 Big sh
did it.